Town Hall Academy, episode 50. And FC believes in me, honestly, because there's those days that, you know, you're, you're, you come in and you're down and you're like, oh my goodness, wow, this many bombs drop on you. And to, 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 to be able to send a text message to him and just, you know, give him a, a little feel for what's going on and him to just say, you got this. Don't worry about it. It's good. You got it. Don't worry. Points out the good things you've achieved. And it's just, it's a great, uh, wonderful thing for me personally that, I mean, I like having a coach that believes in me. All right. Because if you can't, you're seen in your own mind as being weak. And in our industry, guys don't like to ask for help because asking for help is a sign of weakness. Welcome, automotive aftermarketers, to a Remarkable Results Radio Town Hall Academy. Listen to learn just one thing from today's episode on your journey to remarkable results. Welcome, automotive aftermarket professionals, to the Town Hall Academy, episode 50, as we discuss finding the right business coach. Hey, do you know if you need to hire a coach? Well, that question and more will be served up for you right here. And anytime you can pick up a great idea, call it a bonus day. Hey, Carm Capriato here, thanking Jasper Engines and Transmissions for their support of the Town Hall Academy. A new vehicle may look and smell nice, but you know they come with seemingly endless monthly payments, higher license fees, and even higher insurance premiums. A better solution for your customer? Remanufacture components from Jasper, and it means a new lease on life for your customer's trusted old friends. Hey, this Town Hall Academy panel has experience with a business coach and will share with you their story in this very transparent and honest discussion. Hey, two engagement tips for you. Join the podcast social network like Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Join the Insider Newsletter Brigade and also get the free listening app. Now, find all links on the website at remarkableresults.biz slash social. Hey, thanks for your engagement. Your learning curve never sounded so good. Now, joining me for this Town Hall Academy on finding the right business coach is Dutch Silverstein from A&M Auto Service in Pineville, North Carolina, and Darren Barney from Barney Brothers Off-Road and Repair in Grand Junction, Colorado, and Doug Whiteman, owner of George's Sierra Shell, Fontana, California. Find the show notes for this episode at remarkableresults.biz slash A050. Now, there you'll find in-depth bios on my guests and a link to previous episodes that they've been featured in, along with the episode talking points that will provide you a great to-do list. This repurposed podcast of the Live Town Hall Academy Forum makes it easier for everyone that does not have the time to catch the live broadcast. Now, that's the power of podcasting the digital on-demand audio broadcast. Hey, glad you're here. Now, listen to Finding the Right Business Coach with Dutch Silverstein, Darren Barney, and Doug Whiteman. But what I want to do is I want to almost start out with, with, with a, high, a little high-level think. I want to ask each of you this. How do you know you need a business coach? And I want each of you to answer that for me. Doug, I want to start with you. Well, I started with a coach in 2005. Uh, and really, I, I was a mechanic before uh, taking over my dad's business uh, in 95. And really just uh, needed a coach to help me fix uh the issues here uh like you know gross profit margins productivity stuff like that uh that was initially what the coach was for as we go on in this uh podcast we'll see there's different stages of the coaching and uh how the coaches change over the years and what they actually do to help you and uh 
pretty soon you're identifying your own problems. So, so you, you basically knew that you needed a business coach because as you took over, you wanted to change how the company ran? Well, I didn't want to, I didn't want to go bankrupt. <laughs> Whew. That, that was amazing. That was a motivator, huh? I'd worked here with my dad my whole life, and he passed away, and I ran it 10 years, and uh, knew how to fix cars, just not how to fix the business. Boy, ain't that the truth. You know, that is the, that's the secret, everyone, from going from a technician to service writer to CEO, and sometimes there is a skip in that service writer thing, because some techs don't want to talk to people. <laughs> they are so good at talking to cars. Darren, how about you? How do you know you need a business coach? What happened with me is I uh, graduated from AMI with my master's and I got done with all this stuff. And then I'm sitting down in my business. And I'm going, well, what, what do I do next year? What do I do? And so it started on the course of trying to figure out, you know, got to look outside myself and outside these books I've been reading and start talking with, uh, with a coach and all of a sudden he's opening up my eyes and allowing me to see things differently than, uh, than what I've ever seen before and getting that outside input and, and, you know, helping me to grow and change. So with AMI, you went from almost like input, reading input qu quizzes, tests to two way. Correct. Yeah, it really did. So once again, just like, uh, you know, Doug was saying earlier, you just get to the point though, where you're just kind of chasing your tail all day long and, you know, you're just keeping this thing, this, this crazy machine running. And it's like, what do I got to do? I got to do something different here. Otherwise, I'm going to go crazy. You know, I've, I've said this over and over again um, on the podcasts, um, 292 of them as of today. Amazing. And when I first started, I realized that the successful shop owners, 95% of them that I interviewed, you know, I started to ask myself, what's the common denominator of their success? And it was that they had a business coach. It's a phenomenon that exists in our industry. It doesn't happen in the construction and the plumbing and the electrical industries. There, there just is, there, there aren't any. I mean, if they're out there, there's, there's not a lot of big talk about it. The trader skill that you feel is most important in integrating and meshing with a business coach. Not, not every business coach and every shop owner was meant to work with each other. I think that uh, that's a good question because really um, you have to go in with a goal in mind. And so if you go in just expecting him to fix the whole business, um, it's really hard to, to do that. You have to go in with specifics of what you want to improve. And so as you bring that list into your coach, um, your coach is going to take that list and help you with that list along with bringing in the other things that he sees to be improved as well. So personally, I think that when I met, started, you know, going with my coach, I kind of went in with, I got to fix this whole thing. What am I doing here? It just really helped a lot. Once I came in with more of a focus of the areas that I knew I really wanted to improve upon. And then I brought in my ideas, um, to the table with, with John, my coach. And then he would then, you know, bring ideas back to me and suggestions and things for me to try. And so then as we moved along, it would allow me to kind of tailor that list more and more each week as we go on. So a trait of his or a skill of his that meshed with you, if you said, if I ever hired another coach, he would be like John, what's the trait that meshes for you? I'd have to say believes in me, honestly, because there's those days that, you know, you're, you're, you come in and you're down and you're like, oh my goodness, wow, this many bombs drop on you. And to, 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 to be able to send a text message to him and just, you know, give him uh, a little feel for what's going on and him to just say, you got this. Don't worry about it. It's good. You got it. Don't worry. Points out the good things you've achieved. And it's just, it's a great, uh, wonderful thing for me personally that, I mean, I like having a coach that believes in me. 
Yeah, no, I agree with Darren some there. You have to have a relationship with a coach. Uh, when I went into this, you know, I wrote a big check and I was determined that this was going to work. Uh, so I let my coach right off the bat know we're going to go toe to toe. You tell me what I'm doing wrong. We're not here to be friends. You know, there's a relationship, there's respect, but we're not here to be friends. So I guess the trait would be uh, honesty, uh, being upfront, not afraid to, you know, tell me what I need to do and worry about the backlash of it. Uh, no politically correct relationship. Exactly. Yes. Hit me in the nose if I have to have it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I, I paid the money. You better do it. <laughs> That's a great point. I love that point. Well, Dutch, now that you're fixed, you've got two questions coming at you. How do you know you need a business coach? Um, because I, I knew that there was stuff that I didn't know. And I didn't know what that stuff was. I mean, I really didn't know what it was that I didn't know. I knew that there were huge gaps in my knowledge. But I couldn't tell you what it was so that I could affect the change. So I had to seek the expertise of somebody who would be able to look objectively at my circumstance at my shop and say, okay, yeah, you're doing this great, but here you really suck and we need to change this. So that's what I did. I began to interview coaches. So a lesson out there for people that are struggling need to admit hey, I'm not good at HR, I'm not good at finance, I have no clue what gross profit means. Uh, net profit, gross profit, top line, bottom line, expenses, the, the, does this come out of cost of, cost of labor? And You got to understand the psychology of mechanics, all right, of technicians. We're problem solvers, right? You give us a car, it's making a noise, we're going to dig, we're going to find, we're going to check Mitchell, we're going to do whatever we need to do to fix it, all right? Because if you can't, you're seen in your own mind as being weak, and in our industry, guys don't like to ask for help because asking for help is a sign of weakness. I've had techs in my shop who were great techs, and they were struggling on something. And when I'd walk over to ask them, hey, do you need a hand? No, no, I'll get it. I'll get it. Just, just give me another 10 minutes. I'll get it because they want to get it themselves. And coming from that background where I wanted to get it myself, it makes it difficult because you have to recognize that it's okay to ask for help. And it's okay to pay for help. And it doesn't mean you're any less of a human being because of it. Well said. Now take question number two, catch up to the rest of us here. A trader skill, uh, most important in integrating you with a business coach. It, it's exactly what Douglas said. I needed a guy that I could trust who would tell me straight up what I was doing when I was doing it wrong and who didn't worry. That's why I didn't, I don't have a coach. I have a consultant. I didn't want somebody who wanted to be my friend who would give me positive motivation and encouragement and engage in a holistic activity with me to address my mind, body, and spirit as I proceed along this path. Just make me want to puke. I need somebody who's going to tell me exactly what I'm doing wrong. And if I hate him at the moment, well, that's okay. My check's still cleared. A vehicle is more than just transportation. It's what we depend on to move our most precious cargo, our families. 
As a service professional, you provide routine maintenance for your customer's vehicle, but what do you do if the engine, transmission, or differential fails? Contact Jasper, of course. Jasper provides your customers with a cost-effective alternative to purchasing a different vehicle. Quality, remanufactured products from Jasper Engines and Transmissions carry a nationwide warranty with up to three years, 100,000 miles parts and labor coverage. Get your customers back on the road fast as Jasper offers immediate availability through two distribution centers and a network of 45 branch locations nationwide. If a new vehicle is not in your customer's budget and the engine or transmission in their car, truck, van, or SUV has given its last performance, a remanufactured drivetrain component from Jasper Engines and Transmissions will provide them with many years of trouble-free driving at a cost many times less than that of a new vehicle. For customer satisfaction, choose Jasper. Guys, what kind of benefits, both personal and professional, should you expect from your consultant coach? It's important to have a coach that, uh, for me personally, that I admire and look up to. Because me being a business owner, um, doing this for, you know, my own business for 16 years, I get this hard headed of, you know what, I can do this. I can do this and I can, I can beat the world just like you were just saying, you know, I mean, we're, we're, we're problem solvers. But you get to that point where you got to let go a little bit and, and trust that coach. And for me, I had to have a personal relationship with my coach to know that he's wanting what's best for me and my company as well. And for me to let that guard down and go, you know what, I'm going to listen to him. He, he likes me. He, I mean, I, it's, it's a weird situation how I got him as a coach because I worked for him years ago and I quit because I didn't agree with some of the, the ways that he was teaching me to take care of my customers. It was so different from my previous boss. So once we started talking and we established that trust of me knowing that he really wanted my business to succeed and cared about me personally, it really let me let my guard down so that I could listen to him and take his advice to heart and really try applying these things rather than going, oh, this guy doesn't want to see me succeed. So I do agree that, uh, you know, I wanted that guy to kick me in the rear, but I also wanted to know that there was that personal connection there that I could open up myself and say, Hey, you know what? I don't know what to do here. I'm supposed to know all the answers. I don't, um, I trust you to, uh, to respect me and, and work together on that. So it worked really well for me personally to be able to have that good close friendship with him. That's somebody that, uh, I look forward to hearing how his week went. You have to you have to really commit to the real possibility that you may have to change how you run your business. Yeah, and that's that's one of the things that's really most difficult. And Darren just nailed it a minute ago. He said, "Yeah, we can be really hard headed." Well, he's absolutely right. We can be really hard headed, and a coach or a consultant can come in your business and tell you you need to do this. And since you're paying them, and since you respect their expertise, you have to go ahead and implement it. And you have to be willing to do it to 100% of your ability. If you automatically dismiss it and go, well, you know, I tried that three years ago and it really didn't work. And let me tell you why it's not going to work in my area because of demographics that I got over here and this and that and the other. You're wasting your money. If he says to do this, you go ahead and do it and you have to be willing to fail. If you're not willing to fail in this attempt, if you're not willing to give it your all, then don't do it. You're, you're relying on the expertise. You're paying your good, hard-earned money for somebody who's going to tell you what to do in order to grow your business according to the goals that you've set forth. Okay, then commit to it. That's it. It's like when you get airborne in an airplane. You're flying or you're not. You're not kind of flying. You're either going to be in it or you're going to be out of it. One of the two. So don't half-bake yourself into a coaching or consulting relationship. You're all in or you're or don't. 
Right. Or don't, because all you're going to do is waste your time and money. And you're going to waste the time and money of a coach whose expertise and invaluable experience can be better utilized helping somebody who will commit. All right. So when you get a coach, now I'm not saying you have to agree with everything that the coach says 100% of the time. I went toe to toe with my coach a number of occasions, okay, because I'm hard headed. But the fact is, when he said, go ahead and do this, and he made the, the recommendations to change the facility and do the things that I did, I spent a lot of money doing that. And I did it because of his reputation and because of his desire to see me succeed. If I would have hemmed and hawed, if I would have said, no, nah, I don't think so, I don't want to do that, I wouldn't be where I am now. You have to be willing to commit. There's no taking your toe and dipping it in and going, you know, I don't like that. Well, I bet you if we had three coaches on here and, you know, we we will have three coaches to talk about that, their side of the relationship, they would probably say that, that one, of the, one of the biggest things is to get the gain the commitment. And um, because you're, you're paying a significant amount of money and you know, why would you, again, be half baked for the, for the money that you're putting out? Great, great point, Dutch. Thank you. Doug, you sent me uh, three different stages of coaching. I, I loved what you sent me. The first one was, first, your coach will identify problems with all of your issues. Uh, walk me through some of those areas that you need to expect him or her to look at. Well, initially, uh, like uh, Dutch had said, there is a relationship there for, for me it was a female coach and I was not hardheaded. I knew I was at the end of my rope. And so I'd actually made an agreement where I'll do everything you tell me. And if it doesn't work, then I get my money back. Uh, you know, if that would have happened or not, I don't know, but going in with that attitude more, uh, it was just a matter of weeks till I was actually paying bills on time and, uh, turning it around. So the first thing, uh, they look at was just, Again, coming from the technician standpoint, you don't know or care what parts margins should be or labor margins or anything else. So first thing they did was look at gross profit and start uh, adjusting uh, issues like that. Uh, the productivity of technicians. Uh, I was a service writer on the counter at the same time that I joined the coaching program. And uh, first thing they did was say, you know, get off the counter and get someone else on there. So. Uh, the, the first stage was just looking at really the low-hanging fruit to turn the business around. Back when Motor Age was um, doing the shop of the year, how many times did you win that? Uh, well, I won it in 2014 as a top shop. I was in the top 12 for several years before that. I just want everybody to know that. <laughs> Thank you for that shameless plug there. I appreciate <laughs> well, yeah, it, something worked. Yeah. No, it was. I mean, we, again, going from where we were to where we are now uh, could have never been done without a coach. Uh, and it just, it's setting the goals. So Dutch, any um, thing going on in a personal life that could affect your total integration into the business with a coach could be, a, could be an issue, huh? That's something that you really, really, really need to think about when you're considering retaining a coach? Is there something in your life, something outside of the business that can distract you to the point where you're not going to be able to devote your time, energy, and effort into making the transition that you want from the shop that you have to the shop that you want? 
And those things can include, for example, a divorce. What happens if you have a child who's terminally ill? What happens if you have a parent that has dementia? Or that there's something else aside from the business that you can't control? You can't stop. Well, for me, the thought always was if there was any of those things, I would simply stop. But you have to be willing to face the fact that, you know, now might not be the best time for me to have a coach. Let me get through this as best I can, get a handle on it, adjust my mental focus and my my coping mechanisms so that I can jump in and dedicate myself entirely, wholeheartedly to the endeavor that's put before me that I'm paying for. Because if anybody has gone through a divorce, you have a a child with a terminal illness or any of the the horrible, devastating things that happen to each and every one of us in the human condition. You know, the last thing you want to do after a long day is sit there and fill out an Excel spreadsheet to talk about profit margin when a loved one is going through chemo. That's something you need to consider. Great point. Great point. Because it, as you guys all said, you've got to be all in on this. So, so you're all in, you're on it. You're, you're working this program for a couple of years and then you have a personal crisis. Uh, guys, can you, can you stop back off? Uh, I'm sure your coach would, would understand you've got other priorities to work on, right? Yes. It, it, it kind of, it wasn't a personal crisis, but uh, I'm not a person to sit in the office for long. Uh, this hour will just about kill me sitting still, but, uh, here I'm sacrificing, but, uh, thank you, sir. (laughs) But the coach, the coach right off the bat taught me that if I can't sit here and do that Excel spreadsheet, or I can't do the marketing stuff I need to, or look at the numbers and put the policies in place that I need to, then find someone to do it. And that was very important, uh, information right in the beginning there. And that's kind of what's helped me work to this point where, I get the first, we're getting ready to sign up. If there's a terminal illness or something, you shouldn't be signing up. But if it's a couple of years into it and something happens, then you need to find someone to finish the job that you started. Thank you for that. So you gave me three stages of coaching. We covered the first one, identify problems with your coach. The second one is your coach will teach you to identify your problems. Tell me about that. For my coaching program, we use a portal where we put the numbers in each week and looked at that. And in the beginning, she would call me and look at the numbers and say, here's your problem. Fix this, this, and this. Uh, We'd work on that for a while and tackle some more. And then after roughly six to nine months, uh, it started just to click where I didn't need the coach to tell me what the problems were. I could see him. I still needed her, or at this point, it was another coach. I needed him to... Uh, tell me how to fix those problems still myself, but you start to identify the problems yourself. So you're not uh, relying on the coach as much. How does that feel when that starts to happen? Uh, I remember that. I remember the week uh, when he called and he started to go through stuff. I said, no, I see where it is. It's line 25 or whatever it was. And I see what I need to fix. And I've talked to the technicians or whatever it was, I remember that conversation. It felt really good to now that I'm actually taking ownership or controlling this business again. Excellent. Darren, you know of anyone, did it happen to you if a coach suggests something that you're just not ready to do or won't do? 
a lot of things that, uh, that my coach would suggest to me at first seemed alien, um, to me and did not seem like, uh, you know, what I wanted to do. Nothing stands out to mind right now, but when I first started, I remember that there was quite a few things that, uh, I put bold, um, on the notes that I would take with each phone call and I would type it in and I'd put bold on the things that I needed to address and take care of. And the things that he wanted me to do that I didn't do, I didn't, I didn't put them in bold. And so, I have since moved on to the things that he asked me to do. I make them all in bold because I know there's a reason and a purpose behind it. Integrity ethics ever. Would those ever cross the line at all on things that you, in your own makeup, you'd never want to do? No, no. And uh, in fact, that's something that I know. That's one of the ways I know I have the right company and coach that I'm working with because um, I work with Elite and, and John Rush and the, the two together. Um, I really believe that I have the best coaching company that money can buy. I really, John has never asked me to do anything unethical. Perfect. And the, the other company that we looked at going with before, um, they came in and they sat down with my, my brother and my wife and I, and they were talking about doing these different things. And, and my wife says, well, I don't want to just raise prices to raise prices on people. And the guy says, well, sometimes that's what you have to do to make money. He says, obviously you're not doing that. Look at your numbers. You're not, you're not doing that. And it was amazing the difference between the two coaches where, you know, this, this potential guy and he's telling me, you know, you've, you've, you're going to do this. You're going to raise the prices. And, and it was almost like, you're going to screw your customers where John says, Hey, you know, we got to pay attention to these little things here and, and slowly make a little bit of improvements. And you're going to, and all of a sudden you're going to have a little bit of money to put a sign out front. You're going to be able to do these things that you want to do rather than, you know, you're going to screw the guy. You're going to take advantage of him. You're, it's like, no, you're going to offer better quality service. You're going to do this. And you're going to do this to raise your price up a little bit more so you can do more things with your business. So Dutch, I think what I just heard Darren said, there's a bunch of little things all done in an improvement plan that make the whole thing work. Yeah, it's not just one thing. There's, there's always the, the opportunity when you're a tech, you're looking for the silver bullet. And people will use various resources um, like Identifix and another thing, and they'll go and they say, here's a problem, and they'll go online or they'll go on IATN, and they want to find the silver bullet, the one thing that's going to fix everything. Well, there's no one thing in the shop that's going to fix everything. Um, it's a bunch of smaller things, some a little larger than others, that will have a cumulative effect and fix what you want. Any of you guys ever get into a situation where you're 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 in with your coach six months and okay you're not happy with this person I suggest that you move on with this person uh, any experience in how to deal with that? Um, yeah, it happened to me. I've had three coaches over the years, and uh, you know, the first coach was fantastic. She helped me take my business from point A to point B and get where I wanted to get. Uh, but it started getting a little too comfortable where, you know, it wasn't focusing on all the issues on our, on our phone calls and our emails. It was, uh, you know, talking more about the kids and all, which is, it's great, you know, Darren to have a relationship and, you know, just like Carm knows my daughter plays soccer, all that is good, but we were starting to lose focus on what I was paying. So I just, uh, went, uh, to the coaching manager and just said, Hey, can we get another coach? Okay, you know, that's a great point, uh, is that you have no problem, I guess, if you're dealing with a very large company, to be able to go one level up and say, it's, it's, it's time for a new relationship then. Yes. Okay. 
Did your coach ever say to you, you may need to let this person go who's been with you 10 years because in their opinion, this person isn't really helping your business? Yeah, that happened right off the bat. When I was a service writer, there was another guy here uh, that my dad hired in the 80s. His name was Mike, and uh, he was a service writer. And, uh, you know, through the phone calls and the profile test, stuff like that, the coach just said, hey, you have to get Mike off that counter. He's as loyal as a dog. He's a great employee, but he's not the personality to have on that front counter. And so I talked to Mike, and uh, he stepped off the counter for a while. Then he decided to move on, and that was okay. Tough for you? Uh, yeah. It, I mean, it, it, emotionally, it was tough because my dad hired him. I knew him for 10 years. Uh, from the business standpoint, it's what you got to do. Got it. Darren, how about you? Yeah. I mean, it, most time it's, it's kind of funny that now that we've been going on together as long as we have, um, a lot of times uh, he'll bring something up that has been on my mind as well. And he'll say, you know, I'm, I was wondering how the performance is going with this particular person. And it's one of those things that uh, it's something that I you know, had planned to discuss with him as well. So, yes, I mean, there is uh, been a couple of things where he recommends doing something. And I'm like, well, wait a minute here. No, I, yeah, I don't know. Let's let's talk through this here. But uh yeah, you have to be willing to make those changes if you want to succeed. You have to be willing and open to accept those suggestions and, and those uh, comments. Dutch? Yeah, I had um, the opportunity. Um, what I did was actually the situation was almost in reverse in that I had uh, somebody that I was was considering bringing aboard, and I had uh, my consultant interview him and talk to him over the phone. So it wasn't that because I was hesitant. I didn't. I didn't know if it was the right thing to do or not. I didn't have the experience in hiring people. I was the guy to be hired. I was not the guy that was going to be doing a lot of hiring myself. So I wanted to make sure that I had a backup. And um, what he did was he had a telephone interview and then he later uh, met him later on uh, and we brought him aboard. So it was a little different take. It was the opposite take on that. Accountability. And I love what you said earlier that you don't need a coach to build you up. You need an accountability partner. And that's what I'd love to talk about for the next few minutes, guys. And, and I think that's probably the rock uh, or the, the, the tremble that rocks your world when you hire a, a coach or a consultant that you are really needing to be, first of all, you need to be ac accountable to the money you've paid because someone's going to help guide you. And if not, you get zero ROI on your money. You would never want to do that. But at the same time, how do you deal with someone that's going to hold you accountable? The first thing you don't want to do is, is you don't want to let them down. All right. Um, and in so doing, I don't want to let myself down because, um, I don't want to be putting myself in a position. I know how, what, how hard I have to work and what I have to do to earn the money that I, I get to keep at the end of the month. I don't want to waste that. So by having another level of accountability and saying, because sometimes being lazy gets to be easy. Sometimes you just, just don't want to do it. And any excuse is as good as another. So you need some level of accountability. Somebody say, okay, you said you were going to do this. Did you do it? Okay, you didn't do it. Why didn't you do it? I didn't do it for this. Well, you realize, of course, that that's a load of crap, right? That was just an excuse. 
Yeah. Okay. So the next time we talk, you're going to get this done unless you just like wasting your money. And then you got nowhere to go with that because you know, it's ultimately true. I mean, that's all there is to it. Somebody has to hold your feet to the fire and say, look, sometimes in life, there are things that you can't prevent things. You can't help. You didn't have any influence, but this, in this case, Dutch, you dropped the ball. You just, you know, you dropped the ball. You were busy, 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 but you weren't productive and you got confused between being busy and being productive. And we both know that you did it. And then, you know, basically you I just looked sheepish and said, yeah, I'm just a piece of crap. But um, and that, that was it. I mean, you know, you have to be honest here. Darren, accountability. Um, did it rock your world or were you looking for it? I was looking for it, but it did rock my world, too. And it still does. It does. Uh, I just had a great uh, breakthrough that, uh, you know, for the longest time, they had me filling out this, this spreadsheet that uh, I understood why I needed to do it. And I did it, but I didn't really enjoy doing it. And now um, it's kind of funny because the list they've given me has actually grown of things that myself that I want to track. And so I have ditched their sheet and I still fill theirs out, but I created my own and it has all these other things that I track now and follow with each one of my you know positions in the company so that I can know each day where they're at. So, I mean, it's, it's fun that that accountability at first was kind of like, oh, wow, this is a pain in the rear. But now I've taken it. It's like, yeah, all right. All right. All now right. I know. Okay. So you took, you took that discipline to another level. Well, it's really fun, actually. I mean, it really is. I spent so much of my day going through and looking at all these different, you know, the, the KPIs. So I know exactly where I'm standing every day, what, who's performing and where's, where's not and so on. Do these KPIs that not, not only your coach has you tracking, but the new ones that you created help you get a clearer picture on how the business is running? So, yes, it does. It reminds me of a, of a scope on a rifle. You know, if you've ever had a very powerful scope and you can crank it way up and all of a sudden you can really get in and see some distance and, and fine tune yourself in. And that's the way that this sheet allows me to do whatever I feel is important for me to track. I put on my list. And so every morning, that's my first thing on my list is to go through that, those, those, my spreadsheet and look at each one of those points and go, wow, my eBay guy did not list as much as he did the last couple of days. So I can go in there and it's like, okay, well, wow, he's actually down for the week. And if you don't have those things together for me personally, I, how would you, when you run a business, you got all these things to look at. But if I really make track of all these different things, I can really watch it from one piece of paper. For me, it really works wonderful because I can look at all the different positions of the company. Think about what Darren just said. So he's got a coach holding him accountable and he's using his KPIs, the coaches and his to hold his people accountable to him. Was that accountability piece for you, Darren, new or you knew it existed, but you used the coach to help you take it to a new level? Well, I knew we needed to do it. I mean, I've, I've been going to classes for years and doing all these things and I knew I needed to do it and I would try it for a while. But when you got a coach that says, hey, uh, why didn't you fill out your sheet? You know, it's like, well, I'm paying for this. I better be filling that sheet out. You know, and then you start to see why you're filling that sheet out. And then as time goes on, it's like, it's just like I said, wow. This is great. Now I know why I'm doing this. I enjoy doing it. So your advice is to anyone who's starting up with a new coach, this, this is not instant oatmeal. This takes the old-fashioned way, right? You, 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 you got to boil the oats. Well, the neat thing is you will see progress right away. If you've got the right coach, you will. But then as more time goes on, you can, a lot of times we'll see the effects of those things you first started doing that maybe you don't see right away. Just like exercise, you know? So. Good advice. Yeah, great advice. Exercise is a great analogy. Doug, that was your third uh, pillar on uh, different stages of coaching, and it was um, the accountability piece. Big for you? Uh, very big. 
much much like Darren, I needed the accountability right off the bat. I knew what I was supposed to be doing and I wasn't. As time went on, uh, I actually stopped working with coaches after five or six years. Things were going very, very good here. I couldn't really justify spending the money because uh, I knew everything at that point. So uh, <laughs> kidding, you never know it all. So I stopped using the coach and about a year later, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I like Darren built my own portal, uh, my own spreadsheet and was looking at my KPIs and pretty soon you see numbers start to drop just one or two points and one or two points. And, you know, after about a year, year and a half, I looked at it and I realized, you know, just without having the accountability, someone knowing that someone's going to check me on this every week, uh, they dropped. And I looked at just in my parts margins alone, taking that back up the six or eight points where it should be paid for the coach in itself. So it's kind of, you just, you need that accountability constant. I remember that from your original interview. I remember that so clearly from three years ago where you explained I was in it and then I stopped and then I'm back and it was the accountability piece that, that, that you needed. Uh, guys, um, business coaches possess skills that a lot of owners don't. Uh, can you give me an idea, um, Darren, uh, Darren of, of, of a skill that your coach has that you don't and you like that? Um, yeah, I mean, the financial part of things was something I always lacked in. And so once again, I'm gonna go back to that spreadsheet again, but I didn't know about, I knew that I should be doing it, but with the coach teaching me how to do it and then teaching me the simple things of math of figuring out, it's like, well, if you hire this additional guy here and you increase the things over here, then this is going to pay for his salary. And it's just amazing how having somebody with that open mind and that vision and that knowledge then can enlighten your world so much. And then all of a sudden you realize it's like, wow, you're right. If I do this, I can afford to do this. Dutch. Cecil was um, my coach for many, many years. And um, Cecil had the ability to explain things that made it easy for everybody to understand. He was very good at being direct and at the same time diplomatic. I'm as diplomatic as a two by four. I don't have a filter for that. I'll just as soon crack you over the head and then ask you why you're crying. The, the, I, I don't, Cecil would pull me aside and he would say, I understand your heart is good, but look what's going to happen if you speak to this person this way. Is that going to get you the results you want to achieve? Well, no, I would say, but it's honest. Yeah, absolutely true, he would say. But after you've done that, are you better or worse off? Most of the time, I would be worse off. That's what he told me. Uh, he taught me on to be more cognizant of how I phrase things when speaking to employees because I don't have the filter that says, if you say this, you can you know, potentially hurt somebody's feelings. I call those soft skills. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. It's, and I've learned kicking and screaming because I didn't come from an environment where that was welcomed. You didn't turn to the person that was sitting next to you and say, if you don't mind, could you please take the gear and bring them in the up position? You know, it was positive rate gear up. That that was it. Former background. You didn't, you didn't have time for the nuance. Yeah, well, you're a pilot, jet pilot, uh, you know, airline pilot, uh, Dutch's background. And those, dis if you didn't have good disciplines and you weren't direct, you didn't go up. 
and yeah. you didn't come down the right way. Or it took a whole bunch of power to taxi to the gate if you forgot to lower the gear. <laughs> uh, there's the sound bite. <laughs> well, good. So you, you learned some soft skills. Uh, yes. what, what, what about you, Doug? Any, any change in how you uh, say became a leader uh, based on what you learned from your coach? Yeah, absolutely. I, really, what you just said is you have to learn to not be a technician and learn to be a business owner and how you talk to people, uh, what you do. I mean, you can't share all the personal problems of your business with all your employees. Uh, One, they don't care. And two, that doesn't help build the morale or anything else. So it's really, uh, you just, you learn to, to, to run a business. I was fortunate. My first coach, her family actually had a chain of gas stations. We're still a shell gas station that does auto repair. And so her family had gas station. So she was able to relate to me quite a bit through the transition of being completely repair shops uh, into the food mart side of it. And it's helped my whole business really. So Dutch, we need to get some advice for first timers or even second timers that have fallen out of a relationship. But if it, and there's a lot of great, great coaches. I've interviewed so many of them. And, and I love this profession, that a business coach profession consultant. If I was ready to start, how would I uh, learn? Uh, do I, do I, do I ask the coach, give me some references? Do you, you go on social media and ask someone? I mean, how do you start? How do you start to find where the, it's going to work? Well, there's uh, recently on um, one of the Facebook pages, um, and I believe, I think, and forgive me if I get his name wrong, I think his name is Tom Hamm, and he's with the uh, Automotive Management Network. Absolutely. No, um, and they had posted on that site a list of, I think it was 25 coaches yep. or more. Right? Yep. Uh, forgive me if the number is wrong. You're right. I think. You're um, right. So what you can do is you can do a Google search about those mm-hmm. companies. And you should, from that information, if there are seminars that sometimes they'll have weekend seminars in your area, you should attend those. You have to be willing to make the investment in yourself. So you're going to get charged a fee for going to the seminars. Um, there's in the, my area, there's World Pack, which is a parts distributor, and they have business seminars. I've been to seminars by ATI, Repair Shop Coach. There's been a number of different ways that you can go about and you learn to see if their business model that they're advocating is going to be a good fit for yours. So there's a number of questions. And then later on, um, after this is over, I'll do it this weekend. I'm going to be posting. um, It'll be about well well in excess of 10 pages, almost 15 pages long, a document about questions that you should be asking of yourself as an individual who would perhaps like to, to obtain the services of a coach and then questions to ask the coach because um, there's a bit of deference that we give as shop owners to coaches, especially if those coaches are very, very successful and we see them, you know, that they appear to be very well off. They're living the life that we'd like to live. And so we're not as critical as we should be. So this, um, the paper that's going to be on the auto shop owner's group Facebook page will go through this and I suspect that it will probably upset one or more coaches who don't like getting asked these types of questions. Well, you're, you're putting on a lot of money and there's no doubt you're the customer at that point. Yep. And, and you've got to make the right decision for you. Um, 
that's actually okay, isn't it? I mean, anything you buy that's worth a ton of money, you've got to be careful before you jump in. Well, yeah, I always thought it was strange that, that uh, you know, a guy's going to go spend 500 bucks on a television set and he'll go in to watch the set in three different stores and go to Consumer Reports and talk to his buddies about it and everything else. But, it, he, you know, when it comes down to it, he's going to go to a seminar and he's going to be so jazzed and so impressed about what he's going to do that he's going to commit thousands and thousands of dollars to his <clears> money without ever, of his money without ever asking. So you have to do your due diligence. You have to compare and contrast. And you have to be a little bit more than just a little bit skeptical when you do this guys let's go around the room this was really enlightening i think uh, you know when when i look at it from a perspective of someone who's struggling and they they want to um uh, they're, they're looking at very successful shops they're talking about having a coach and they say well how do i get started so let's go around the room and give your best piece of advice for someone who needs to get started and maybe you know some really quick kick in the butt as to how they can get started. Dutch, I'm going to start with you. Just figure this. If you don't change what you're doing right now, nothing's ever going to change. If your circumstance is such that you're unhappy, depressed, disillusioned, because dissatisfied that the business isn't providing for you what you think it should, it isn't giving the return on the investment, not insofar as money, but in spirit, in soul, what you've put into this thing, and it's not giving it back to you, get up off your ass Turn the television off, get online, start asking people and start making it happen. Because if you don't, tomorrow wake, when you wake up, that football game you were watching for those athletes who can give a rat's ass about you are still going to be getting paid their kajillions of dollars and you're still going to be facing a business that's going to make you unhappy. Your happiness isn't depending on anybody else. Get up off your ass and go to work. Really, Dutch, tell us how you feel. <laughs> That's why I brought him on, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, for, for me, uh, it, it's, it's really simple. You're going to get out of it what you put in it. And I remember back in 1982, I graduated high school. I joined a trade school online. Well, it wasn't online, just over uh, through a letter. And I didn't even tell my dad at the time. And I was panicked and worried because at that time it was $1,200. Uh, yeah, for a trade school. And, uh, you know, my dad just said, Hey, you're going to get out of the school, what you put in it. There's going to be faults. There's going to be instructors that are good and bad, but he said, you're going to get out of what you put in it. And that was a changing point in my life because I didn't really pay attention in high school too much, uh, without getting into details. And, uh, and in that trade school, I mean, I had perfect attendance. I put it in there. I think I had to a B average, which is the highest I ever had. Uh, and I, I got out what I put in and, and that's kind of in life as uh, the same. And even in our coaching uh, with a coaching company or a coach, you're going to get out at like, kind of like Dutch said, if you just sit around and watch TV, that's what you're going to get out of this. If you spend the extra hours after work doing what you're supposed to do to get this thing fixed, that's what you get out of it. So I think you broke the code. Spend the extra hours to commit. So, so interesting. I talking to a technician group that this is how do you really determine a great technician is that they stay after work and they, they do case studies and they learn their equipment because they're so committed to being the best. So interesting that you said that. Hey, uh, before I go to Darren to close this thing up next week, the town hall Academy is going to be the first moves when opening a new shop. 
that's going to kind of bookend maybe what we're doing here because I know there's some people that say on day one I hire a coach. That's, that's one of the, some, a lot of people, when they look back, that's what they say. Darren, take us home. So I would have to agree with what uh, Dutch and Doug have said, but I also would have to say be very careful because there's a lot of snakes out there that, uh, that run coaching businesses and you get into it and most of these companies will make you sign a year contract. And so be very careful because there are some really bad shady companies out there that um, you can invest all this money up front and then uh, they sell off your debt to other companies and then they can make your life miserable and charge you crazy amounts of interest and all kinds of different things. So be very careful with your, uh, uh, who you select as a coach because you want to really do research on the company, make sure they're ethical, make sure that they're, uh, you know, they're better business uh, your rating is, is good because you <laughs> are spending all this money and uh, to get into something where they can get out and you can't um, be very careful. You know, that's a great point. And we didn't, we didn't discuss the financial aspect of this. And I, and I, and I didn't want to get into, into, into numbers. That's, that's an individual thing with, you know, whoever a person hires, but you're right. You, I think you bring up an excellent point. This it can be a very long term commitment. Be careful what you sign. Yeah, well, and and you just hear these horror stories. And I and I shared earlier how we had already joined with one company, and then another one came to visit us, and they came in, and and it was bad. I had no idea how the guy that first came in was really nice, and then the second guy they sent back in to check up was snotty and nasty, and they kept calling, and they're like, "Well, you guys are never going to succeed. You're always going to fail." And I mean, that guy actually told me that, and it's like, oh my goodness, I'm really glad I didn't sign with these guys. Come talk to another shop owner and he tells me that he did and he's in the middle of a lawsuit trying to get out of them. So it's like, be very careful because you want to make sure you're getting in with the right company. Do some research. Great points. Thank you all so much. So live from Santa Barbara, uh, California here today. Um, thank you so much for being here. I'm at the, uh, the Auto Vitals Digital Shop Conference. Thank you to Dutch Silverstein from A&M Auto Service in Pineville, North Carolina. Doug Whiteman of George's Sierra Shell, Fontana, California. I, I met someone at a cocktail party last night, Doug, that met you 10 years ago because he was asking me, well, who's on the Academy tomorrow? And I said, Doug Whiteman. And he says, wait a minute, Fontana? And he, and it, it all came back to him. It was really cool. It's, it's so neat how we have these six degrees of separation, people who know people. It's, it's so, so interesting. And Darren Barney, owner of Barney Brothers Off-Road and Repair in Grand Junction, Colorado. Guys, Excellent job. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend. Thank you, Thanks, Take Tom. care. Pleased to meet you. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.